Now you may be seated. <laughs> Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Baptism, the sacred use of water, is commanded by Jesus Christ to signify God's cleansing of our sin and our welcome into the family of God. Here's our baptismal font and uh, has been used to baptize dozens of, uh, of people here at Covenant Church of Schomburg. It's always a, uh, a significant time. It is uh, a time when uh, there's some certainty with it, with the water. We know what it sounds like, we know what it feels like, we can recognize that. And, uh, and we know that uh, and we know that the families, the persons will be here, will be excited and a little bit nervous. And we don't know exactly what's going to happen with how the procedure, the baptism will go. James Prost was baptized in 2017, and as uh, Dan, his father, leaned him toward the, the font, he flipped around and he looked at it as if he was saying, what on earth are you doing? Are you going to put me in there? What's going on? Um, Chloe Ullman, um, she was baptized in 2017 as, uh, as they were standing there and just about to bring Chloe to the baptismal font, uh, Chloe had a pacifier, flipped it, and it was a three-point shot right in the middle of the, uh, <laughs> of the water there. No rim at all. It was just amazing. Water splashed on, on me and on everyone else. And uh, Scott, her father, uh, was apoplectic. And uh, I went ahead and kept reading in the service. Out of the corner of my eye, I realized he was running around and running over here, and he dipped his hand into the water and got the pacifier and went back. I'm sure no one noticed that at all. <laughs> and he didn't know what to do, it, and he was going to give it to, uh, to, uh, uh, to Charlotte, and, uh, and Shani reached out and said, I'll take that. So all kinds of things happen because it is a, it is a human, earthly act that we do. It's a sacrament. But we believe that uh, this is water signifies, signifies God's cleansing of our sin and our welcome into the family of God. Arnie, whenever there's a baptism, Arnie would, uh, would tell the story, maybe you've heard it, that he was baptized when he was four years old. And after he was baptized, he was walking away from the font and he asked his mother, why didn't the pastor use shampoo when he washed my hair? <laughs> kind of connects with that catechism answer that says that, uh, that baptism is something that signifies the cleansing of sin. It still is the core meaning and, uh, and maybe we look at a little baby and we say, what sin is there in, in that little baby? What kind of rule breaking, what kind of misbehavior is in, is in that child that, that we should bring that to mind for this child? But yet we know also that he, she are human and we know that 
As time goes on, they will fall short of the glory of God. We know that in thought, word, and deed, they will decide and live contrary to the will of God. We know that we know that there is a uh, that there is a shadow, there is a, a bondage in that. That there is a, a severing, a complication in the relationship with God that seems so clear and pristine when you're a child. It was uh, about a, uh, several weeks ago when uh, Kay and Jerry came in, uh, happened to be here, and uh, I think it was after the Rejoice concert, and uh, Kay had a box of books. Remember those books? She said, uh, Jerry was cleaning off my shelves again, and uh, so I, I came here, and I was going to bring these books to... Uh, uh, to savers or something, but I, I thought maybe someone at church might uh, might enjoy them. So I uh, kind of looked through those, and uh, I picked out a mystery entitled Murder at Speedy Motors. That looked real interesting to me. And a couple others, and one especially that I grabbed at the last moment, 1,000 cleaning tips. Remember that? <laughs> 1,000 cleaning tips. I looked in the inside cover, and it said, Happy Birthday from Jerry. cleansing from sin, it signifies that. But out of that book, I got some ideas for a three-point message here. It's going to be a real quick one. As you leave through that book, and there were fascinating tips. So the first one is use natural ingredients. All different kinds of combinations that can be used from lemon juice to, uh, to vinegar, uh, to, uh, uh, to water, to, uh, to different kinds of solutions that can be used in, in your cleaning. That transforms to uh, our thinking about baptism and the, and the kind of life that we've had, well, say even here this morning in the Covenant Church of Schomburg, natural ingredients. Baptism is not something that is unnatural. Water is so familiar to us. We are high percentage of water in our, in our bodies and we cannot live without water. We can live without food for a while, but not without water. But we, we know that what we're thinking about is the, is the natural receiving and bringing of who we are to this font. In the text that uh, Tom read for us, John the baptizer appears at the River Jordan. And he was uh, dressed in a coat of camel's hair and... Uh, and that was a natural thing that the people of that time recognized. He looked like Elijah. Second Kings tells us that Elijah was dressed like that, a prophet. A prophet that was uh, supposed to come before the Messiah would come. He appeared at the River Jordan. We saw pictures of that from a satellite with Robert Wallace today. Amazing. But he also said that so many parts of that are a, are a creek now compared to the kind of waters that were flowing through it in biblical times. The River Jordan had significance, much natural power in the lives of the people at that time. It was over the River Jordan, through the River Jordan, that the Israelites came from captivity and in the promised land and the wilderness and reached 
Canaan, their promised land, and they were, they were free. They were free from bondage. It signified that. It was at the River Jordan that Elijah healed Naaman of his uh, leprosy. So John, in talking about his baptism, is using the witness of, of his own history, his own heritage. In the verses right preceding what Tom read, he quotes from Isaiah and Malachi. He doesn't say this is from Malachi, but, but they're so familiar that he could quote those things and people would know that, oh, that's from our heritage. That's from Isaiah and from Malachi. Malachi was uh, thought at that time maybe to be the, the final prophet before the, the coming of the Messiah. They were witnesses, and, uh, and you can think of the, of the Bible, like the canon, to library. And you can think of the Gospel of Mark as being the 41st book in that library. We're prone to think of it as, oh, it's the second book in the New Testament. No, it's the 41st book, the 39-1-2. And they all link together. And they all present witnesses of God with those people. Already this, this morning we've had witnesses throughout the scripture, throughout the choir, witnesses from the youth that were on the retreat. All this were their occasions, Robert Wallace's term again, their occasions for talking about God and relaying how God had been with them and uh, who God was and, uh, and describing some of the change that had happened in them. Yesterday we, we enjoyed Sean and Whitney Warner who were with the, the Covenant Women. I snuck in in the back when they started talking and, and they were another witness that has happened in this church. They were talking about their ministry in Honduras. They had agreed to go for two years in, in their five years now. And what God has been doing in them and through them. And I, along with others that were there, were changed by their witness as we learned what God was doing in and through them in Honduras. And we use those kinds of natural ingredients in our spiritual life. It's the witnesses around us in many and various forms that lead us to the second step. Point two, understand what kind of stain you're removing. You've all had the experience of uh, painting something with latex paint. Time for supper. Okay. So you go in and take the brush and you wash it off under the sink and uh, shake it out and it's, it's all clean. A couple days later you might be painting again. You didn't notice that it was oil-based paint. You paint. Time for supper. Okay. You go in and put it under the faucet. Run the water and whoa, what a mess. It congeals and what was in the brush now is really in there and uh, I've ended up throwing those brushes away. Oh, oh, that was oil-based paint. Specific solvents for specific stains. When we come to the baptismal font, we're aware that in the central meaning of that, we are called to understand that it is sin. All in thought, word, and deed that is contrary to the will of God 
It is a stain that's being removed, not by the water, but to signify God's cleansing of our sin. And the door to that, and the path to that, the solvent to that, is repentance. That's what John was calling in the wilderness, repent, repent. Turn around, is the Hebrew sense of what that word means. Turn around and go in another direction. Turn it around and come back to your God. Craig Keener, writing about this passage, he said that the people that he was talking to uh, potentially could be very offended. They were Jewish and they understood that salvation meant um, obeying the, the law, the code. And uh, such, a, uh, such a ceremony, such an immersion would be something that Gentiles who were going to be uh, proselytes in the Jewish faith would go through. But for John to call to them, come and be baptized, potentially would be very offensive. And it probably was to many. But the text says that they came. They came from Jerusalem and from the wilderness for the baptism of repentance that John was offering. Frederick Matthews Green writes about the spiritual life and, and she writes that repentance is the door, the door into the spiritual life. And it is the pathway that as we think about our relationship with God, as we think about where we are in relationship to God, the image in which we are created, that we're invited to be honest. We're invited to, to see the truth. We're invited to turn around. Maybe that happens in our witnesses to which we, to which we pay attention to, but maybe it also happens in times of, of convergence of happening in our lives. When we are in a valley, or when we are uh, arrested by something that's something that didn't go the way that we had hoped or expected. Or when um, Dr. Phil might, might, stay, might say, how's that working for you? Oh, that uh, you've been doing and deciding and uh, how's that working for you? A time of self-examination that, that something is not right and we are in bondage to a waywardness, we're missing the mark, following the witness of the Bible. In the call of John, we can repent, we can turn, we can turn around, we can turn toward the Lord, and we can turn toward what baptism signifies, the cleansing of our sin. His power is the solvent that dissolves that, that lifts it from the material of our souls and takes it away. The third thing was clean with a purpose. Clean with a purpose. When we think about cleaning things, the, uh, the author of that book wrote that this is not just clean in order to get dirty again and to, uh, and to have to clean it in, but, but think about how things are working in your cleaning. So the next time you might learn a better way to do it you might understand the interval with which you need to go back and clean it again or maybe protect the surface 
from things that are starting to make deeper marks and dirt that is harder to get out. When we baptize uh, a person with this font, we usually uh, we usually give them a memento of the of the cloth. It's kind of a handkerchief that uh, is given to them. Uh, I kind of dab the excess water off the uh, of the person's head. It's a little harder with someone up high, and then give them that cloth. I've often thought a more meaningful gift might be a spritzer bottle. A spritzer bottle filled with, uh, with this water. And to say to them, remember your baptism. Remember your baptism. Parents, as, the, as a child grows, help them understand according to their age and their understanding, according to their self-awareness, and also to the witness of God that has been available to them, what is going on in their life, the grace of God poured into their lives. A spritzer bottle might be a, a good reminder for us to, to remember, but also to, to come back to the, to the process so that we might be ready for a life of repentance. Frederica said that's also the path. Because when we repent, we turn again to the Lord. Elton Trueblood wonderful Quaker writer, and talked about, you know, in my life I've had not one conversion, but probably about 20. 20, and they match different stages of my growth as a person and my capacity to live and believe and grow. But they were significant times. There was an, an awareness, a growing awareness, a need to make a decision, a turning, and then a new, a new opening, a new freedom a new uh, step, growth, development on my relationship with God. I'm sure he wasn't baptized in each of those relationships, but it is a living into the baptism, signifying God's cleansing of our sin. It's God's creative purpose that we would live the abundant life in John 10.10. That we would be able to walk in newness of life. That we would again and again have our creation renewed. Maybe that's what John had in mind when he said, I baptize with water, but there was one coming who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. People around him understood that only God could give the Holy Spirit. as God's own self. For him to say that signified the one that is coming is God. But how astounding that, that the one who is coming would give that, would give God's own self. What would that look like? We don't have any accounts of Jesus being a baptizer. We don't know if that happened. But, but certainly how he operated and what he left in his followers would lead us to believe that the kind of practice that Acts 19 describes was not uncommon. That, uh, that God was with them and they, and they knew that it was available to them because of their faith in Jesus who lived, died, and rose again that we might have new life in his name. If there is such a thing, I want it.
Acts doesn't tell us what happened if they got out water or went down to a river or whatever, but probably something like the book of James talks an anointing or, or some sign or maybe just a prayer laying on of hands. We don't know, but the reality of that was with them and continues to be available to us today. In your bulletin are, uh, are words that we, that we use when we use a service called the Affirmation Renewal of the Covenant. We read these words in this congregation, at least in the sunrise service, gathering out at the cross and, uh, and uh, sprinkling water on, on the head of each individual. Everyone reads for... For a single person, we go around the whole group. Some years it takes a while. And this really helps us to understand a few of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Another layer of the truth of, of what this water, what the sacrament of baptism signifies in our lives. Especially because the one who has been revealed is Jesus. The one who is coming to bring that to all who follow, all who believe, all who repent, turn and come to him. Let's read this together. May the loving God who redeems us in Jesus Christ now strengthen in you the gift of the Holy Spirit to deepen your life, to direct your life, to empower you for service, to make you steadfast in times of temptation, and to bring you to everlasting life. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, 198, Thou didst leave thy throne.